you know me, I always like to start these episodes off with a bit of a a zinger. Talk about maybe the most significant or memorable or noteworthy moment of the day. Something that's really pressing. I don't have no time for an introduction or to you know for a small talk or anything like that. I just I just talk to I just get to it. Okay. And for today Believe it or not, believe it or not, wow, the craziest, most noteworthy, or I guess the biggest takeaway from today, the most significant, memorable thing that happened today, that is on the top of the list, which is why it made the opener, the most noteworthy thing today that I can't wait to talk to you about is a doubles match, a doubles match. A doubles match, yes, that featured some drama, a lot of controversy, and, you know, one of my favorite things, an outrage. It caused an outrage on Twitter. Now, what happened in this doubles match? It was Mari Buskova versus Saros Rivas Turbo. What a ratty team, by the way. Holy shit. Versus Mayakato from Japan and Suti, Suti Jadi from Indonesia. Suti Jadi, by the way, Indonesia's number one, extremely popular there. And before you say anything, Indonesia is actually a massive country with a shit ton of people. And Indonesia, Indonesian is actually one of the most spoken languages in the world. Just because of how big Indonesia is, Indonesia is the only country that speaks Indonesian in the world. And it's one of the most spoken languages in the world. So you can just imagine the outrage. Now, they were defaulted because of the actions of actually the Japanese teammate Mayakato and Natsuti. But obviously they're a team and they got defaulted. They got disqualified. They were a setup, 7-6, but 1-3 down. Sorry, they were a set down, but 3-1 up in the second set. And then they got defaulted, disqualified. Um, chair umpire, you know, uh, supervisor, all that stuff. So what happened? What happened? Well, if you haven't already known or heard or seen, uh, Kato accidentally, it completely, unintentionally, inadvertently hit a ball girl with a, with a ball. From one side of the court to the other. So she was at the net, actually. And after winning a game, she was just sending the balls the other side. And, you know, players do that all the time. As soon as they're done with the game. Usually they just send the balls over, right? Uh, usually they just, like, you know, give it a little uh, little tap, right? They don't, they don't blast it in frustration. They just, like, literally bounce the ball and then sweetly uh <laughs> just you know kiss it over the net like your uh, perverted tennis coach once did at tennis practice you know what i mean just uh just an easy ball like that and the ball girl on the other side of the court uh, who should have been uh ready to receive you know the the balls that are you know being switched from one side of the court to the other uh should have been anticipating that should have been expecting that but it's not her fault, we're not blaming her, we're just saying that, you know, this is common practice, happens all the fuck, every day it happens at least a million times around the world, I guess. You know? I might be exaggerating, but anyway. So this girl gets hit uh, in the chest, uh, neck, throat area. And then she starts crying, she starts sobbing, and she she's sort of holding her neck and seems to be in a lot of pain and discomfort. Uh, grabbing at her neck throat area and then she's crying and then she um, walks off the court gets replaced um, but not before where Mayakato comes over to, to her apologizes checks up on her etc and they got disqualified for that uh, which I think is insane like it's a like if she did it in anger or like frustration she just lashed out and hit a ball that could have went anywhere. That is completely understandable. I remember also at the French Open last year, someone threw their racket. Nothing happened. Someone threw their racket into the stands. 
Huh? Someone threw the racket? Launched the racket. Not a mistake. Didn't You know, the grip didn't slip out of their hands. I think it was Bigu, actually. Irina Camilla Bigu. Just chunked it into the stands. Now, this is, oh, you know, one of the smaller courts. Um, so, like, the stands are just like bleachers off to the side. Wasn't necessarily packed. But there were definitely... Uh, you know, bunches of people in attendance sitting there, and that actually almost hit someone and went very close uh, to some people, actually maybe hitting them but not hurting them. You know, nothing didn't cause any damage or harm, thankfully. Um, but there's been a lot of cases with ball abuse, even racket abuse, throwing your racket into the stands, uh, hitting the fuck out of the ball that could really go anywhere in anger and frustration, obviously. Um, but this was just a routine. I'm just sending the balls over. And even for the girl, if that actually hurt the girl, and if she wasn't just crying for any other reason, again, I don't know. That must have been like, not even like 1%, like a millionth of a percent for that ball to, which I presume was just very softly hit over with no pace or velocity or power or anything like that. For that to sort of, you know, get there, bounce, and hit the throat, neck area, and to cause that much pain, and for a girl to cry, that is very unfortunate. That is like one in a kabazillion probability, you know what I mean? Because uh, like I said, this happens all the, all the time, every day, every tournament, you know, balls are being sent. Um, a player, uh, you know, at the end of their service game... If it's not a change of ends, uh, you just send the balls to the other side so your opponent can serve, right? It's insane. And the outrage was for a lot of reasons. One, the decision. Uh, how could you disqualify them? Uh, take all their uh, prize money and their points. That was their punishment. Not only do they lose the match, but they also forfeit their entire... Uh, all the points they accumulated so far at the tournament and any and all of their prize money. Uh, which I think is an insane decision, absolutely insane decision. And there's an outrage for that. That's like sort of the first part. The second thing is, is that actually on the Eurosport coverage on the feed, you can see Marie Boskova and Sara Suribestormo smiling. They look so pleased with what's going on when the uh, supervisor and the chair umpire were uh, talking, t giving the talking. Uh, the talking to to uh, Mayakato and uh, Suti, and they were they were enjoying it so much, and they were actually uh, before you know before it sort of escalated like that. Sh they were actually instigating this with the umpire saying like, "Oh my God, did you not see what she did?" By the way, I noticed this a lot in doubles. Like girls are so bitchy, and oh my God, she did this, she hit this, and I don't know. I guess they just expect like doubles to be a uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is, actually. That's so interesting. I, I have no idea what I attribute that to. But Marie Buskova and Sara Suribasormo were right there. Like, two schoolgirls in recess or on the playground just, like, like snitching. And not even, like, snitching as if what uh, Kato did was really that bad. Like, it was just a complete accident. And, you know, uh, it wasn't personal. It wasn't... Uh, what's the word? didn't have any bad intentions right wasn't nefarious it was just tennis etiquette after all right just sending the balls over and these two girls Marie Buskova and Sara Suribasormo were so pleased so happy and 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 they were sort of instigating it and then once the supervisor came down uh came down to the court uh and the chair umpire they chatted and then them two were sort of talking to the other team, uh, Maikato and Suti, and and then those two, Marie and Sara, were just watching from sort of their bench and looking over at what's happening and how everything was sort of unraveling, and they were loving it. They were smiling from ear to ear, super joyed, like thrilled, ecstatic. They were loving it, and that's the sort of the second part of the outrage. One, it's it's insane that. Mayakato, Mayakato and Suti were disqualified, defaulted, and had to forfeit 
all of their prize money and their ranking points. That's the sort of the first part. The second part is Maribu Skov and Saru Suribasomo, their reaction. And their sort of uh, the way they handle it. Not, not like they didn't like let it slide or like sort of stand up for them like, oh, this is a mistake. It happens. It's like, I, I don't think she meant it. And so, like, can we play on? You know what I mean? Like, things like that. They instigated it. And as they were seeing their sort of devious plan uh, come to life, they were sitting there on their bench smiling, ear to ear. Having a little giggle. Uh, they were loving it. And that, for me, is insane. And I'm sure you noticed me say, like, a few moments ago, what a ratty pairing. This is ratty behavior. Uh these rats, Marie Buskova and Saro Suribas Tormo, I find it very hard to believe. And look, this is just based on their tennis, on their what they do on court and singles. Forget about this whole match interaction, this whole incident. Forget about it. What I'm talking about is that they're the, the extremely ratty players. Uh, you know, of course, Saro Suribas Tormo. Uh, Marie Buskova, they fit that description. We can also add, for example, Coco Goff, Jasmine Paulini, Biatajmaya, etc. Like extreme, extreme rats. Just based on what we know from them, from the you know regular uh, WTA tour, their singles uh, careers, they don't seem like really nice people. I know that these rats are just piece of shit human beings. Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing tennis like this, right? And this is just, I mean. Maybe I'm misattributing it. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm making something out of nothing. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. Maybe I'm just reaching big time, taking a huge leap. But maybe I'm not. I think there really is a sort of a, a correlation and a causation for who you are as a person, your values, your morals, your character. Are you a pleasant human being or are you a piece of shit, for example? And how you play tennis, your, your style of playing tennis. This sort of research would be uh, fucking incredible, actually. It would, this, is a, this is the shit that actually... Not only does no one talk about this, I feel like nobody even thinks about this. Like, not only is are these sort of, um, you know, relating sport truly with psychology with behavior with human behavior the human mind if if we break down personalities and characters and morality and things like that and and sort of link that with tennis and tennis styles your on-court personality or, or your on-court play style versus your off-court persona who you are as a regular everyday human being this is some really interesting shit honestly that is i think absolutely untouched like, no one has... Like I said, it's not that no one is even talking about this. I don't even think anyone has even thought about this to to, to, to even begin to talk about it. And I think that's really interesting. But I've, I've sort of gone way uh, beyond my point about the doubles team. Honestly, I feel really sorry for the doubles team. It's nice to see that this sort of outrage uh, has caused a lot of people to feel sorry for them, to sympathizing them, to sympathize with them. And are actually supporting them, um, trying to not make them sort of feel bad. And a lot of people have actually shown their support. And also their, their, have shared their grief uh, with how poorly uh, Buskova and Sarasuribas Tormo uh, acted and reacted to that uh, situation. Um, and even some tennis players themselves, such as Alize Cornet, who I think is a remarkable role model, uh, not only for women, but for all people. Not only for athletes, but for all people in the world. I think Alize Cornet is a remarkable role model. What a woman she is. And by the way, if you haven't read your book, you should read it. Yeah, wow. But these rats, though, like these rats, like you can really... You can, like, I'd really wager that they're bad people otherwise you wouldn't really be playing tennis like this you wouldn't triple fist pump an opponent's double fault because you're a good down-to-earth person with a big heart you know what i just don't see it like that it, for how i see it 
if you tr tr I'm talking triple fist pump, huh? Like you fist pump, and then it goes right straight into another fist pump, and then sort of when you're walking away or walking back, you hit him with another fist pump. That's a triple fist pump. And why are you doing all this? Your opponent hit a double fault. You only behave like this if you're a, if deep down inside of you, you're a piece of shit human being. If if you are to the core a bad person, someone that's vile, someone who their hearts it's not pure, it's not it's not filled with love, but actually the opposite, it's filled with hate. And I may seem like a person who spews a lot of hate and negativity, but that's actually the furthest from the truth. I, I am a very reasonable, loving, genuine, nice, kind person. And a lot of people sort of uh, misinterpret that or uh, don't really see that. And it's not that I'm an angry person. What I am and what I do, like sort of my purpose, it's about the truth. I like to sort of find out how things really are, which is why I studied psychology and philosophy, which is why I'm a psychologist. I do mental performance counseling. That's sort of my job, my career, my background. I'm a psychologist. I'm fascinated by the human mind. Uh, human behavior, things like that, but not in the, oh, dude, I find that shit so, like, you know, like, I, I feel like a while ago, that was, like, sort of, like, trendy, like, it was apparently sexy, it's like, oh, yeah, the human brain is just fascinating, it's not like that for me, it's, it's a, it's a genuine interest, I care about people, I care about people's well-being, I care about people as people, I want to learn more about people, but not people as in me and you, but people as in all of us, you know what I'm saying, people as in, uh, a singular, not the plural of person, but people, about us humans. And that's the shit that fascinates me. Uh, and also, I, I feel like I have a very uh, sort of unique perspective in how I see things. It is because of this background that I have. It's uh, inquisitive, sort of like question everything type shit. Like when you see something, really look at it and think about it. You know what I mean? And and then go for a walk and then come back and think about it again. Go to sleep, wake up, come back in the morning and think about it again. That's that's the sort of uh, type of person that I am. Uh, truth seeker is like a sort of cringy way to put it. And that's always what I'm strives, uh, striving for. Um, attributing uh, Attributing things... And not misattributing things. A lot of people misattribute a lot of things. I feel like now, at this point, I've really taken a huge left turn. And actually, I, I don't even really know how we got here. But the point is... And this is sort of a secret. Secretly, something that I strive uh, to do, or, or, or to sort of make happen, which is... Uh, more of a dream or a fantasy than a reality or, or something that that's you know maybe one day could actually become a possibility is and particularly for tennis since it's an individual sport made up of it's a solo sport i think it's the biggest solo sport in the world really um definitely bigger than golf mma etc as really sort of uh, make studies, make me uh, like like write about it, talk about it, and in a way, it provides a new whole sort of uh, intervention or approach to counseling athletes, or being a consultant, or being a sports psychologist. I feel like a lot of sports. I, I as a psychologist myself, I hate psychologists. I think they're all really bad, to be honest. Their approach, their methods, things like that. For for sports, at least, uh, they're way off. But but now I'm I'm off on a completely different tangent, and I I am actually sorry at this point for blabbing on. So we'll we'll just get straight to it.
Okay. Now to sort of regroup here and, and go back to the tennis. You'll notice, actually, so far I've talked nothing about... Uh, you know, what's happened so far. All I've talked about was that doubles match, which, quite frankly, we don't really care about the doubles. Uh, not here, not this week, not next week, not, you know... Um, I didn't talk about anything else. And moving forward to talk about the four matches that we had today, I think it's going to be a little bit difficult to do the usual best thing that I saw today, worst thing that I saw today, and the craziest thing that I saw today. So I think uh, the best uh, sort of course of action here is to just go through the matches one by one, talk about them, uh, give our thoughts, and then see what the draw looks like now at the bottom half of the draw. We now have quarterfinals. Uh, those are set in stone. Quarterfinals. Seems so crazy saying that. Didn't, didn't this tournament just start yesterday? That's what it feels like. Man, we take it for granted because... Man, imagine like the first like two, three days we're waking up. There's like 40 matches a day between the men and the women. And then 48 the next day. And then 40 again. And then it's like, oh, only 16 today. And then 16 again, and then 8, and then 8, and today 4, and then tomorrow 4. I know, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Mm -mm -mm. Anyway, today then, earlier today, Pavlyuchenkova versus Elise Mertens. Would you believe it? Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova has gone and done it again. Three wins in a row from a set down. All against some pretty decent players playing... Pretty spectacular tennis. Elise Mertens against Jesse Pagula in the third round was nothing short of spectacular. It was a beatdown. Honestly, it's been a while since I've uh, seen a match that was sort of that uh, balanced or closely contested or competitive look so unbalanced or un... or close... Couldn't be more uncompetitive, that match, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the Svantec 6-love, six 6-love, six of course, but that was never meant to be a competitive uh, or balanced match, right, to begin with. But um, And Elise Mertens was actually an underdog. But that's, those are just the lines. But really, Elise Mertens, Jesse Pugula, was like a pretty even match, you know? It's like a... It's like, alright, like two decent players going at it. Let's see who wins. And she came out on top and it wasn't even close. And it was a proper beatdown. I was so confident in Elise Mertens from what I saw. And also from Pavlyuchenkova. Honestly, her opponents, while I just said they were decent, they kind of biffed it. But then if you look at Elise Mertens, she kind of biffed it too. Elise Mertens, let me tell you. Was up 6-3-6-3-3-1-40-love. 6-3-3-1-40-love. I think if you guys remember, that's a that's very similar to the Vika Andriscu score from the first round. Vika was up 6-2-3-1-40-love. Never won a game again in the second set. Lost the second set 3-6. Decider 4-6. Elise Mertens, however, from 3-1, 40-love, did go to a tiebreak, lost the tiebreak, and the third set, she biffed it. She collapsed. Was hurt, wasn't really playing well, took an MTO. Surprisingly, didn't retire because, of course, she didn't. Uh, Elise Mertens has retired several times in the past, but I guess not today. Really, it was that if you don't break, you get broke. And there's actually a new one that I've seen sort of developing. It's that if you don't hold, you get held. Which, in other words, you can say... If you don't hold, you get held. You can basically say, if you get broken, you won't break. Do you see what I'm saying there? If you don't hold, you get held. So if you get broken... You're not you're not gonna break. You see what I'm saying? It's the most it's low key so real and so devastating. Like it's four four and you're serving. 
you don't hold so you won't break you get you don't hold so you get held you get broken at 4-4 it's 5-4 your opponent's serving for it you won't break you'll get held for me that's <laughs> that's just so devastating and it's just maybe i'm not aware of it maybe this is just like normal tennis stuff and i'm creating all these fancy sort of expressions or uh, giving them names and calling them theories or whatever but i think like there are patterns to it like these are real sequences and one thing does lead to another uh, and that if you don't break you get broke is the realest shit ever spoken in the history of this earth forget about sports that is the realest shit ever you cannot escape it you cannot fuck with it the forces that are in play here for the if you don't break you don't broke are bigger than all of us i i'm willing to say it's beyond the gods if you're 40 love up returning and you don't break there's just nothing you can do to not get broken in your next service game like there's nothing you can do it's just how it is and that's how it sort of fell apart for elise mertens three one up 40 love didn't hold uh, didn't break from 40 love up so two three now didn't hold oh you know what i'm actually really happy for pavlichenkovo she deserves it she's playing good not great but good definitely good enough but she's playing with a lot of heart and and fearlessness and sort of urgency as if she wants it and it seems so crazy like pavlichenkova is really trying to go for this but honestly good for her because that sort of approach and mindset and that mentality and that self-belief is honestly what it takes so immediately just sort of believing in that is literally all it takes to win the french open it, it, that's all it takes in life to do anything the belief that you can sort of do it and then you start doing it and you're doing it and you're getting after it that's really all it takes so honestly i'm proud of her i'm impressed good for her honestly i hope she continues to get after it i just can't believe it happened against Elise Mertens I can't believe Elise, Elise Mertens allowed it to happen honestly it looks like it, it looked like I thought that it looked like Elise Mertens herself was the was the one with that enormous self-belief and just uh the, the drive and the passion to just really really go for it really believe in yourself and play like it and then you'll sort of let's see what happens right that's what it looked like against Pagula and that's what it looked like until halfway through the second set, really. My god. Good for her, though. Elise Mertens, I think now we can uh, sort of say that she is just not like that. I mean, you can believe it yourself, Elise Mertens. You can have that self-belief, that confidence, and really sometimes try and really pull it together and push for it. Try to break the, the barrier that sort of wall that's been holding her back the the sort of like top 20 ish like yeah she's good she's a top player but she's not really in the mix she's sort of missed consistency but i think today that sort of proved why she's just not really like that she's not really truly cut from the same cloth as some of the other players which is a sad truth but it's the truth Next up, probably the only match this entire tournament that that this this is the only result that just makes sense. Mukova beat lucky loser Elena Venezian in straights, six four six three. Just just everything about this match was just so normal, just complete, full of sense. It was just right. It was so right and just felt so normal. That it actually felt inordinary. It felt abnormal. Considering everything else we've seen so far. But Elena Venezian's Cinderella story. Her princess run has come to an end as a lucky loser.
what a story it was, what a tournament it was. I'm sure a lot of people predicted that this probably was going to be the end of the road for her. Mukova won 6-4, 6-3. Kaya Mukova now, very quietly, into the quarterfinals. Kaya Mukova now, first time back in the quarterfinals of a slam since 2021 Wimbledon. And around six months before Wimbledon in 2021, she made another quarterfinal in Australia at the Aussie Open. And she beat world number one Ash Barty. Mm hmm. To set up a semi final against Jen Brady, and she lost. Can you believe? I talk about this all the time. If you've been listening to the safe space, I once. I once told I, I I once sort of shared this anecdote and I said that match sort of keeps me up at night. How the fuck at the Australian Open, huh? You beat Ash Barty in the quarters in Australia, world number one Ash Barty, peak Ash Barty. You do all that just to lose to Jennifer fucking Brady in the semifinals. And just gift Osaka a free fucking title. Huh? I'm telling you, man. That shit kept me up at night. for, And it still does sometimes. Really fucks with me. But that was a great year for Mukova 2021. So made the Aussie Open semis. Made the Wimbledon quarters. Last year, just very unlucky and unfortunate with a lot of injuries. All kinds of injuries. Um, knee, elbow... Uh, ankle, all, everything. All the sort of major joints. But now she's back. Very quietly though. Mukovo into the quarters. Honestly, a decent match and a decent fight. Svitolina, now a lot of people... I think it's very safe to say that no one expected this from Svitolina. And if you said, yeah, I mean, I totally saw this coming... I knew Svitolina's good. I knew she could do it. You're lying. Not only to me, but to yourself. More importantly, you're lying to yourself. I don't think anybody could have predicted or even expected Svitolina to have this good of a performance. Even the even after the fact that she won the Strasbourg uh, title, you know, in the week leading up to this tournament. Even with that, even with how well she's been playing... I think it's so crazy to say that that you expected Svitolino to make it this far and play this good. Honestly, I'm impressed. Again, have to give credit where it's due. But I'm kind of like sick at the same time. It's lovely to see. I'm proud of her. I'm impressed. And honestly, she deserves it. But it just doesn't feel right or real. I don't know why. I just can't shake off this feeling. I know it's my, my, my internal biases and just maybe my, you know, just the fact that I don't really like her. Uh, but I don't like Kasatkina either, but still this felt weird for me. I didn't bet the match, I didn't really care, but I tuned in uh, here and there and uh, what a performance, what an effort. Kasatkina, you know, watching Kasatkina in a match like this, it sort of makes you like scratch your head and think, how the fuck is she a professional tennis player? Like, how did she even make it? How did she even make it here? How the fuck has she won matches before? Not one, but multiple, many titles even. How? Really is just something deeper at play than just tennis. I'm talking black magic, witchcraft, etc. It has to be. She cooks up second serves. The, I mean. My god. I don't know. Kasatkina in a loss just says, how the fuck is she even playing? Like, how is she even here? You know, how is she in the top 10? Kasatkina. But then you watch her win, you're like, well, how the fuck is she doing this? But when you watch her lose, it makes sense. It looks right. Like, yeah, she looked so bad. She can barely run, even though everyone calls her a very good mover. No, she's not a good mover. She's very unathletic. She actually doesn't know how to run properly. She's just a very smart tennis player with great awareness and anticipation. So not only does she know where to correctly position herself on court, 
but she reads the game very well and anticipates so she knows where to move next. So when you couple good court position with very good anticipation, it will look like she's all over the court and has tremendous court movement or court coverage or whatever. Court coverage is true, but movement or athleticism is not correct. Again, like I said earlier in my very long and unnecessary rant, I'm a truth seeker. I like attributing things correctly. I like labeling things as they are, not sort of misinterpreting, misinterpreting or misattributing things. I don't like getting things twisted. This is just an example. Derek Kasatkina, is she a good mover? No. Is she athletic or mobile? No. Then how's she all over the court? Huh? Well, I just... Exactly. I just told you how. Attribute things correctly and then you'll find that... Life just makes maybe a little bit more sense. At least in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Real shit. Sloane Stevens Sabalenka in the night match wasn't very packed, but the crowd was... The, the people that were there in the crowd, they were up for it. It was definitely a nice atmosphere, a nice change. Definitely the match for it. I mean, a lot of people have been calling, like, how does the world number one not get any matches? Don't nobody want to pay 120 euros to see 6-love, six 6-love, six right? And we all know that Iga Sviantek's draw ain't shit, right? So, yeah, nobody wants to see that. For real. But Sloan, Sabalenka, always a classic, always a banger. Uh, this was uh, their fourth meeting. So Sabalenka now has won all their all four of their matches, now 4-0 against her. This is the first one to not go to three sets, but it did go over, as expected. But if you watch maybe the first 20-25 minutes of the match, you would have thought that this might have been a waste of 120 euros if you attended. Uh, I think Sabalenka was up 5-love in the first 20 minutes. She went 5-love to 5-5, Sabalenka, mm -hmm. in the first set. Um... And then eventually went, uh, stayed on serve to a tie break uh, from 5-5 to 6-6. And she also made a comeback uh, in the tie break. She was, I think, down like 2-4. And then came back to win 7-5 in the tie break. And the decider, 6-4. But it was really close, uh, honestly, after the 5-love. After that, it was uh, pretty close throughout. Sloan played well. Sablenka didn't play bad. She didn't. Uh, she lost focus in some key moments, definitely after the 5-love. Uh, she lost a lot of focus, but I don't think she looked bad or uncomfortable. Or uh, She just sort of kind of lost focus, and Sloane started to play better. And Yeah, I'm prepared to say that Sloane Stevens is a clay court player. She's a very good clay court Wow, look at me, can't even speak. She's definitely a very good clay court player. And specifically, not only any clay court, but she always seems to play well here at the French Open. Um, I know she's sort of portrayed or um, perceived or even her herself sort of uh, carries herself as sort of like an American girl. Uh, like quote unquote American girl. Um, but all of her results, her best results, and not only results but performances, the actual tennis that she plays has all been on the European clay particularly here in France at the Roland Garros grounds. Mm -hmm. Look, I don't like Sloane Stevens. It's no secret. Never been a fan of her, but I appreciate good tennis and good tennis players. And I'll definitely give you credit when you're playing good tennis. And honestly, I've enjoyed watching Sloane Stevens play uh, here on the clay so far. This is the end of the clay season. Um, so honestly, it's been fun watching her. She's really good on the clay and uh, just mentally... And uh, psychologically seems to just be more focused and more in it these days. Uh, seems to be concentrated more on her tennis than, let's say, last year, for example. Um, even though she's been maybe a bit too active on social media, etc. But who am I to judge? Clearly, uh, when she's out on the court, she's uh, getting shit done. So good for her. Sloane Stevens, for sure. Now then, to have a quick look at the draw, and the bottom half of the draw are two quarterfinals are Kaya Mukova versus Pavlichenkova. Winner makes the semis, and then Svitolina and Sabalenko. 
winner will make it to the semis and meet the winner of the other match. These four players, probably in this bottom half of the draw, draw have been probably playing the best. I mean, Svitolina, very impressive. Sabalenka goes without saying. Mukova, I know it's been low-key, but, you know, playing really, really well. And Pavlichenkova, too. Her Honestly, all four of her matches, those are all impressive wins. Not a lot of baby food, even though some of them uh, played a little shit or threw or choked or whatever. Um, but those are impressive wins against impressive players. Mm-hmm. Pavlichenkova, Mukova, wow. And Svetlina Sabalenka. Mm -mm -mm. That's got a little Ukraine-Belarus sort of added drama to it. Gives that match a little extra flair. I think Sabalenka got this. I mean, at least I would hope so. Sabalenka, Mukova in the semis. Yo, don't, I, don't tell anybody I said this, but Kaya Mukova is going to win the French. These are her next three matches. Pavlichenkova, Sabalenka, Ego. I know she can do the first one, but then Sabalenka, Ego. Wow. Those. That would be some. You know, if anyone wins the French, who isn't Sabalenka or Ego, would have beaten Sabalenka and Ego in their last two matches. At, at least you think. Right? Or like Svitolina, like let's say if Svitolina wins the French somehow, she would have beaten Sabalenka, Mukova, Iga. But anyone else, their last two matches to win the French would be Sabalenka, Iga in whatever order. Which I think is just sounds insane. You know what I mean? Like in the semis to face Iga or Sabalenka if you're in the bottom half. And then the final you'll face, you know, either Sabalenka or Iga depending on which half you came from. So I think that shit's crazy, like, to just sort of sound it out and say that someone not named Igor Sabalenka is going to win it. Uh, mm, mm, mm. But I must say, super proud of Sabalenka. Did not really expect this uh, at all. Uh, wasn't, I mean, I wasn't hopeful. It's not that I was like, oh, yeah, she stands no chance. But, like, I wasn't hopeful, honestly, or optimistic at all. Um, it's not that she stood no chance, but I just didn't actually see it happening where she actually made it all the way and won. Um, and that still hasn't happened yet, so honestly, at this point, uh, who knows what will happen? Finger crossed. Am I a believer currently? Has my mind changed? Well, obviously, I'm a bit more of a believer since um, she's kind of made it this far, but she hasn't really truly been tested, but she has looked good, I must say. Uh, I'd say I'm a bit more of a believer. But I can't help, uh, and it almost feels like inevitable, but like an Iga Svjantik, you know, something like that. But really, 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 I'm saying Kaya Mukova. And I know I just said how insane it is to say that, you know, in a player's last two matches in the semis and the final, uh, she goes Sabalenka and then Iga. But if you beat Sabalenka in the semis, what stops you from beating Iga in the final? I'm all in on Mukova. Honestly, that is where my heart is. Um, it's not that I'm going to like sort of flip-flop and if Sabalenka wins, it's like, oh, uh, oh, you said you're... Uh, it's, I think it's no secret that I'm a... You know, Sabalenka's my favorite player. I, I don't think that's a secret anywhere. Am I trying to cover all the bases just in case? Uh, no, not really. I'm just, you know... Just let me enjoy this, okay? <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Look, as long as it's not an Iga title, you know I'm going to be happy anyway, just for that reason, no matter who wins. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be celebrating or have something to be happy about uh, come next Sunday. Or Saturday, I think, for the women. Well, well, well. Okay, so on to tomorrow, then. The other four fourth-round matches... Four more quarterfinal spots are up for grabs, and I can't tell you how disgusting these matches are. These are probably easily the eight most disgusting players in the entire draw. So there were 128 players. Eight, eight of those, the eight most disgusting of those 128 are playing tomorrow. 
they made it this far it's sickening it's actually it's proper disgusting we have bernardo Pera versus unstabor i can't tell you how sick i am just reading those names sara suriba stormo versus beatrice haddad jamaya i am i am my mouth is filled with puke i'm actually going to be sick Anna Karolina Schmidlova versus Coco Goff. Yeah. And then Igor Shiontek versus Lysia Tsurenko. Just the amount of pain and harm and suffering that they've caused is just disgusting, to say the least. Um, Bernardo Pera, from what I can remember, just beating Donna Vekic and, and making that woman suffer just... That's that was something straight out of hell. That's like a like getting tortured in hell. That's what it looked like. And Onshabor just makes me sick how disgusting her draw has been. Her draw so far to get here to the quarterfinal and, and sorry to the fourth round. Bronzetti, who can only play in one tournament for one week in the entire year. Ossian Dodin, who's not really a tennis player. Olga Danilovic, who is overrated hot garbage. And then now, oh, oh, it's getting tough, huh? Second week, Bernardo fucking Pera. And like I said multiple times when we've talked about Unce's uh, matches this tournament, the only way she would have made it this far in the draw is if that was exactly her draw. Does that make sense? The only way she would have made it to the fourth round as if she played exactly those players in the first round. What does that mean? If her draw was a teensy bit more difficult in any given round, she would have not been here today. She would have lost. She would have lost. She needed the easy wins. Not only the easy wins and the easy opponents, but she needed to sort of breed confidence, get her momentum back. So to get three and now four Bernardo Pera easy fucking matches for reps for game time to get your fitness back your rhythm your, your your rhythm sorry and your momentum and on top of all of that to build confidence to breed confidence by winning and progressing the oh man i i can't tell you how fortunate that is for a player like you need so many things to happen for you for for shit to work out for you and they all happen and the odds of that happening just in general in life, the probability of a lot of several little things going your way, let's say like a fucking 12-leg insane parlay pretty much, the probability is staggeringly low. Right? But it worked out for Unstabur. I mean, I, I'm just trying to sort of emphasize and really drive home the point of how fucking lucky she is. And it's still not even over because she's playing Bernarda Pera in the fourth round. So to make it to the quarter, quarter fucking final of a slam, she had to beat Bronzetti, Dodin, Danilovic, and Bernarda Pera. They are all 250 level players and worse. Uh, way worse, actually. Like, wow. Oh, wow. And I, I swear to God, I promise you, if any one of those matches was someone else, she would have lost. And that makes me sick. And Bernardo Pera herself makes me sick. Watching her actually torture, I don't know how people allow this, by the way. Like, how, how is Bernardo Pera allowed to play tennis, man? She was, like, actually torturing Donna Vekic. If you watch that match and just look at Donna's, Donna Vekic's face, she was a woman that was suffering and being tortured on a tennis court for two plus hours and everyone just stood there and watched watched a woman being tortured oh, wow that's that's interesting i wow yeah that's that's just one of the disgusting matches we have sara suribas tormo and you don't even want me to to say anything else because i already talked about it earlier that's just one of a million examples but i'm sure you know sara suribas tormo she's uh she has a very um She's notorious for her sort of squeal, her eh, her moan, whenever she hits during rallies. It's very loud, very distinct, uh, very obnoxious sounding. Um, also a very ratty player. If you don't know her play style, she's probably one of the biggest pushers there is. It's just very toxic. 
That's Saru Suriba's Turmo. Then you have Bia Haddad Maya, who's just, you know, she's ratty as fuck. She's a fist pump merchant herself. Vamos. Just, you know, she's just very, very obnoxious as well. So this is just disgusting on so many... This is not even tennis anymore for me. I, I mean, really, this is not tennis. None of these matches are going to be good or watchable or high quality. Because the way that these players are going to battle it out on court, it's not going to be tennis. It's going to be who can sort of fist pump more frequently or who can get a bigger roar. I'm being serious. Things like that. Ask Martin Fucevic. You know, go back to the episode where titled Tennis, where we talked about tennis. Yes, there isn't going to be much tennis uh, being played here in these matches. And even if there is, tennis isn't the thing that's going to win these tennis matches. It will be non-tennis things that will help these players come through and win their tennis matches. See, how bad does that sound? My goodness, I'm so sick already. And then AKS, Anna Karolina Shmidlova, she's like the pinnacle, the, the epitome of challenger level tennis, of 125Ks in Sweden and, and Poland and wherever the fuck in Europe in the middle of summer. That's her, Slovenia, Slovakia, all that stuff. And Coco Gauff. ruined a lot of people's dreams and hopes, crushed them, including Mira Andreeville. Came back, disgusting fashion, how that happened, how that worked out. Honestly, Coco Golf been playing great, but not really. Um, just sort of being resilient and fighting, which is good for her, but her tennis, garbage. Who does she get now? Shmidlova. I mean, come on, be serious. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? How does this always happen for them? I mean, I'm just sick of this shit, man. I'm so sick of this shit. I swear to God, it, it never fucking it never fucking changes and it never stops. The worst things happen to the best people, and the best things really happen to the worst people. Coco Golf, I don't know what you did to deserve this. I don't know how all of these good things keep happening to you and you only. How is it not spread? Honestly, I don't wish you anything bad, but I just honestly, I, I want you to stop getting such good fortune. Give it to me. Give it to anyone else. Give it give it, give it to Mukova. Give it to Rabakana who who was out sick, got caught a disease and had to withdraw. Give it give it to anyone. Why always her? And why always the worst people have the best things happen to them? Why? Why? Speaking of the worst people and the best things that keep happen happening to them, Iga Svantec versus Lesia Tsurenko. Uh, Iga Svantec, obviously being them, uh, you know, a great role model and uh, an uh, ambassador and a leader and the face of women's tennis and you know, um, Iga world number one, Iga Svantec from Poland, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, supports all the Ukrainian stuff, sort of stood up for them. You know, just uh, very, uh, what's the word? Keeping up appearances, very PR stuff, um, very diplomatic. You know, just the usual, uh, say what you need to say for the camera, get a good quote, etc. I'm not saying that she doesn't actually believe this, but I, I, I'm saying that these are probably the reasons why she, you know, did that or sort of spoke up about it. Uh, but anyway, even though she cares, good for her. You know, Lesia Tsurenko was going to bow down on all fours and hail Queen Iga, the supporter of Ukraine. And now Lesia Tsurenko, after pulling off some insane fucking wins and doing some gr insane favors for Iga Svantec, like beating Krijikova, beating Andrisku, now Tsurenko, what she's going to do She's going to do one last favor for Igor Svantec and say, here you go. I'm just going to bend over. Children, close your ears. And you can fuck me in the ass for the next one hour. And, and take your win and we'll move on. Thank you for supporting Ukraine. You're the best. I love you, Igor. I'll, I'll see you around. Thank you. All these four matches tomorrow, I can't tell you how bad they are. 
and I'm so disgusted. I'm not even gonna watch. I'm not even gonna watch a single point. Forget match. I'm not gonna watch a single point of any of the matches tomorrow. Honestly, I might watch some bitches play tomorrow and actually tune into some ATP bitches. I might tune into the ATP matches, look at the drama queens and the, and the prima donnas, and, and just you know see some bitch behavior uh, from the men on court. Uh, honestly, I might do that. I'd rather do that. Because um, these, these four matches are really bad. Uh, these are not Grand Slam fourth rounds. These are disgusting matches. And it's, again, it's just the, the, the biggest rats, the eight most disgusting players I can think of in the draw are here. The only thing is missing is Jasmine Paulini and Cosiretto, but there's no room for everyone. You know what I mean? But, you know, amongst them, these are probably the eight most repulsive players and and like we all know who's gonna win each match you know what i mean and it's 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 what i've been saying like they're so lucky like you're getting shitty ass disgusting players and you yourself are a shitty ass disgusting player but you're just you're just getting more of yourself but the wor worst version i'm so sick i'm so sick Sabalenka had to bust her fucking ass against Sloane Stevens, huh? Not only are these easy matches and like weak opponents, but they're not even going to play well. Obviously, anything can happen in the sense that, you know, a no-name can put on a, the performance of their lifetime. Anything is possible. Shit like that can happen, and it has happened. But the thing is, it will never happen here today, tomorrow. And these four matches particularly, that, that shit will never happen. But honestly, Rachimova against Sabalenka two matches ago. I know it was 6-2, 6-2 Sabalenka, and that's like a baby food matchup for her. But Rachimova actually played very inspiring tennis, and some of the best tennis I've ever seen from her. Rachimova. The thing is, not only is Koko Goff going to play Shmidlova, but Shmidlova is going to put in one of the worst shifts of her life. And she's a shitty player. So imagine a shitty player playing their worst tennis. Imagine like, okay, Shionta gets Tarenko. Krejikova and Andrisko got the best version of Tarenko. Which version do you think Iga's gonna get? It's so clear and sickening. You don't even have to watch it. You know what I mean? You know what's gonna happen. You know what the headline's gonna look like. Uh, so, so why? You know what I mean? Why? There's only one bet I'm going to make tomorrow. It's whatever the ego under is. Because I know Tsurenko, after slaughtering Andrisko and Krijikova, I know she's just going to submit to ego. The, the the hero and supporter and, and the... What's the word? The friend. The dear friend of Ukraine, Iga Shviantek. My god, I'm fucking sick. And on that very sour and depressing note, that is all for today. I, I cannot tell you how sick I am going through, you know, those four matches. It's I'm gonna treat this as a as an off day, as a bye day. Um, I'm just gonna bet Iga Shiontek minus eight, eight and a half and forget about it, really. So yeah, so yeah. Even though it's a shit line, and people will actually bet that because they think Iga Shviontek is that good, I'm betting it because I know Tsurenko is like her French Open is done. You know what I mean? Yes. I I hate how this is like a thing. Like, what are you even saying? Well, okay, just just okay. Don't believe me. Just wait till tomorrow. Watch the match, and you'll see. You'll see. Compare Tsurenko to what you see tomorrow to the one you saw against Andris Konkrijikova. And tell me that's the same fucking player. And try to be serious when you talk to me. Come on. This has been The Safe Space. Thank you so much for listening. I apologize for, you know, the left turn that sort of this episode uh, took at the very beginning on my little tangent after, the, after we talked about that doubles match. And also here at the very end took a very maybe little dark uh, turn as well. Uh, but I, I, for that, I'm not sorry. Um, but again, I thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed 
despite my my rants and tangents uh please say a quick prayer for me clearly i'm not really feeling well here at the moment i uh, i think i'm actually going to be a little bit sick after looking at these matches and just thinking and, and talking about it so uh your best wishes will be much appreciated as always best of luck to us and i'll see you guys tomorrow